that's mobile. So foam roll release or self-myofascial release using a foam roll or using a trigger point ball can be very effective at loosening the hips and getting the hips more mobile. Now from there, once you release the hips, now you have to learn how to move your hips appropriately. So one of the patterns we use most frequently with our clients and patients in our office are hip hinges. And I'm sure you've talked about your, your listeners about hip hinges because what they do when they get Welcome to the Purposeful Fitness with Coach Ola, where I dive in deeper into holistic health and fitness topics that would help you stay inspired, motivated, and dedicated to living a purposeful fit life while pursuing for the Akhirah. Hey guys, welcome to the third episode with Coach Ola. Today's episode is going to talk about on how to make the muscles around the knee joint strong, how to go about the knee pain that we might be struggling with, and of course, on how to pay attention to whom we are consuming our information from on social media. As we all know, there's so much out there, and sometimes we might be following someone on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or what have you, showing us a certain exercise, and we might follow them thinking that we're doing the right thing, but in fact, the form is con- incorrect. So Dr. Evan Ozer and I talked about, again, the knee pain, diaphragm breathing, uh, and different perspective and of course how to pay attention and much more. Dr. Evan Ozar is an internationally recognized speaker, author, and expert on assessment, corrective exercise, and functional exercise. He has authored corrective exercise solutions to common hips and shoulder dysfunction, functional anatomy of the Pilates core, and Amazon number one bestsellers, the Posia solution, and the pain-free exercise blueprint. Additionally, Dr. Ozar trains health and fitness professionals around the world to, in his method, the integrative movement system approach to the posture and movement. With his wife, Janice Maytake, he founded Chicago Integrative Movement Specialist to empower individuals to be proactive about their health care. And Dr. Ozar's approach incorporates exercise, positive mindset, and nutrition to help individuals create optimal health and wellness. And I must say that I had attended more than one session with Dr. Ozar at the Idea Ace Conference and the DCAC Conference this year, which was an honor to be among his attendees to learn a lot more in person and as well as other experts in the industry. So Idea Ace Conference is again a conference tailored toward person trainers to continue education, to continue on learning, networking, and meeting professionals, as well as the DCAC conference is tailored toward group fitness instructors. So without any further ado, let's welcome Dr. Evan. Welcome to the show, Dr. Ozar. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you for having me on. How are you? Awesome. Fantastic. Would you please tell us about yourself and what you currently do? Absolutely. I'm a chiropractor chiropractic physician by trade. I'm also a clinical massage therapist and I'm certified through a couple of different organizations for, from the personal training, strength conditioning foundations. What I really do, what we really do in our practice is we really help individuals identify posture and movement habits that contribute to chronic tightness, discomfort, and the inability to perform at the levels one needs and or wants or to do the things that one needs and or wants. So we really look at, we take a holistic look at posture and movement and then help individuals develop a plan and a strategy for creating more optimal posture and movement so they can do the things they need to, want to, and love to do. 
And then we also have an education. When I say we, my wife and I, we have a couple health and fitness professionals that work with us as well. We really do education around our system, the integrative movement system approach to posture and movement. That's awesome. And we're going to talk about like knee pain and how to prevent it. And the reason mm-hmm. why I have that topic is because as you know, in Islam, we pray five times a day. Mm-hmm. And a lot of time, a lot of people will struggle with the whole prostration and everything because of the knee pain. Mm-hmm. So I would like to learn what are the common causes and how we can prevent it from sure, happening. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, just to give you a little bit of a background on the knee joint, so to make it simple, if you think about the knee joint, we, we hear or we learned that just say this is your thigh and this is your shin. So what, we're, what we've been taught is that the knee joint just works like this. Like it just, it's like a hinge joint. It just flexes and extends. However, that's not entirely true. The knee joint should also, just imagine you're looking at the knee joint from the front. The knee joint will also move in this plane of motion, this direction, and it will also create a little bit of rotation. So over the course of one's life, we should have, I should say, we, we should have through the course of one's life, pretty good alignment and control. So that way the cartilage in between the two joints is pretty healthy and that the ligaments stay pretty healthy and the muscles around the area stay healthy as well. However, what happens oftentimes is the joint is no longer aligned as it should be. So sometimes the bones start to rotate and or shift. Now this can be caused by muscle imbalances. So tightness of certain muscles and weakness of other muscles. It can be caused by trauma or injury around the ankle or foot or up at the hip as well. So when we look at the knee joint and evaluate clients with knee joint issues here in our clinic, many times we have to look down at the ankle or foot and or up at the hip. So because those are the issues, or I should say those are the regions that will drive a lot of knee type issues. So what happens at the knee is as you start to change the alignment, when the alignment is no longer nice like it is right here where, where the two joints are aligned, it can create compression on the cartilage. It can create wear and tear on the cartilage. It can overstretch the ligaments as well. And so to wear the knee down, it can also wear down the meniscus, which is, which is a tissue that sort of protects and surrounds the joint or in between the two, the two bones of the joint. And the meniscus can get worn down and torn as well. So that way, when someone goes into a flexed knee position, like when they're praying, they can get a lot of wear and tear and, or feel the pressure on the meniscus or that wear and tear because they're putting the joint in a position that can create some discomfort. So one of the first things that you wanna do is start to look around the knee joint because even though there's muscles, lots of muscles that connect to the knee joint, we really wanna pay attention to the ankle and foot complex. So we wanna make sure that the foot is supported upon what we refer to as the foot tripod. The foot tripod position is essentially where you want the majority of your weight supported underneath your big toe, your small toe, and the heel. So even though the entire foot is relatively on the ground, or I should say more of the foot is on the ground than those three points, you wanna have your weight supported as you're standing on that foot tripod position, big toe, small toe, and heel. So what you can have your clients do as they're listening to this is actually just stand up and feel your two feet upon the floor and notice where the weight is between those two feet. Is it underneath the big toe, small toe, and heel pretty equally between both sides? Or do you have a foot where the weight is more on the outside of the foot? Or maybe the weight is more in the heel of the foot versus over the entire foot tripod underneath the big toe, small toe, and heel. Because what we find with a lot of clients that have knee problems is they can't get the weight appropriately underneath the big toe side of their foot 
And that's where a lot of bunions come from and a lot of things that are called neuromas or irritation of the nerves of the foot come from as well. And that's where a lot of, you know, sort of foot type issues stem from, even things like plantar fasciitis. So the more that we can get the foot, the weight supported upon that foot tripod, the healthier the foot will be. And in relationship to the knee, the healthier the knee will be as well. So that's the ankle and foot complex. So very great points. And I know we're doing this video, but for the audience and that are mm -hmm. listening, what he did is he put like two of his fists, um, arms on top of each other. And that's how the knee joint, you can think about it that way. So again, close your hands and put them on top of each other. And that's the knee joint. And about the bunion, I actually have a bunion on my right leg. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm about to develop on the left leg, hopefully not. Mm -hmm. And I was reading that most of the time it's like more a high percentage of women getting bunions than men. And so how can we go about it with bunion people like me? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yes, so my wife also, when she was 12 years old, she developed bunions both on her big toes as well as wow. her small toes to the point where they wanted to do surgery on her feet at, at a very young age. And she was, uh, when she was in high school, they wanted to do surgery and she was a, an athlete in high school. And she's like, I, I'm gonna be out for, for an entire season and maybe longer. And she's like, I don't want to do that. So she sort of struggled with some bunion pain, both on the inside and outside toes. And then when she first met me, I took her to a foot specialist in our area. He's a gentleman who I worked with earlier in my career. And he really gave her some exercises that actually helped to address the muscles of the foot. And since then, we've developed some exercises ourselves around the ankle and foot complex. But she was very diligent about the exercises. And today, and it's really funny that you asked me that. It's just yesterday, she's, she's looking down, she's wearing flip-flops because it's finally warm here in Chicago. She's looking down at her feet and she's like, oh, you know what, my feet actually look really good compared to how bad her bunions were at one time. So if you do catch them early enough, many times you can do exercises around the foot that actually benefit the foot. So what exercises would those be? One of the things you wanna do is to take a ball, you can roll, roll out the bottom of the foot. So that does a couple things, rolling out the bottom of the foot with a ball. So like a, a racquetball, a lacrosse ball, a tennis ball, a golf ball can be kind of hard for some people, but some people, some of our clients and patients do use golf balls. But when you're very specific about rolling out underneath the foot, you start to release a lot of the muscles underneath the foot because we have many muscles that attach to the foot, directly to the foot. And even our calf muscles come down and our toe muscles come down and attach into the foot as well. So you can release the foot and it also increases what we call, or a term that we refer to as proprioception. And proprioception is basically, basically just a fancy term that means your brain's interpretation of what the foot is doing or your body is doing in space. So when you think about our contact with the ground, the foot is really the only contact with the ground when we're not crawling or on our hands and knees. The foot is a contact. So the brain needs that foot to be in contact with the ground and to send signals back to the brain about where the foot is in space. So roll out the foot. Again, you wanna be careful around areas directly underneath the big toe. Don't roll directly underneath the big toe and just be careful around areas of you know, pain. So if you have a painful bunion, just be careful around the painful bunion or other painful areas of the foot and roll the foot. Now the next thing you wanna do once you roll the foot is to stand up and just to feel as if you're really trying to just spread the foot out. Because again, you want to get that pressure underneath the big toe, the small toe, and the heel of the foot. So what you want to do is really focus on getting the toes longer and the foot generally wider, especially around that big toe, especially if you're developing bunions. There's a, such a, another product that we use with clients is it's called Yoga Toes. 
Y-O-G-A, toes. And you can get that on Amazon. Now, they're not appropriate for everybody, but many times we'll have our clients use them as long as they can use them without discomfort or there's any contraindications to using them. And what they do is they go in between your toes and essentially allow your foot to relatively spread out. And that's what we, what we want for the majority of our clients that have foot issues is we need the foot to spread out so that they can get the foot wider like it should be and to really get that pressure underneath the big toe, small toe, and heel. So, so roll out the foot, again, being very mindful about those painful areas and not rolling underneath or around painful areas. However, just be develop a regular practice. You can almost think of it like brushing your teeth, developing a regular practice for mobilizing to wake, wake up some of the muscles of the foot and to really start to get that weight and pressure underneath the big toe, small toe, and heel. And just be very diligent about it. It shouldn't take any more than five minutes per day, but it just has to be done on a consistent basis. That's a really interesting. So I actually do roll my foot out and I do notice a big difference. It helps out, but I'll try. I'll make sure not to go underneath my big toe, which I think I might've gone that and the bunny. It was interesting what you said. Actually, my foot doctor told me like, it's okay to wrap my foot and like bring my toes together. And you're saying completely opposite, like spread them out. So um, that's really interesting because I'm going to actually, because when I do put it, like bring my toes together, I feel it better. So can you, can you explain again? Why is it? Like, what's the difference between then coming together, like he said, and then you're saying apart? For sure. Now, the one thing I'll say just before I, I mention that is if your doctor is giving you recommendations, always follow your doctor recommendations. So this is not anything I'm saying is not in lieu of medical advice or medical okay. consultation. It's really important that if you have foot issues to get evaluated by a podiatrist, chiropractor, and or physiotherapist or medical doctor. Now, most of our clients that if they have a bunion, so because bunions are aren't like bunions on the outside of the big toe usually. Yeah, so you're gonna bunions over here in the small toe. My oh, wife had that. Yeah. They're, okay. they're called Taylor's bunions, or you can have general bunions underneath a big toe, and that's where the majority of people have their bunions and then around the big toe. So mine is the big toe. Okay, yeah. So what happens is the big toe starts to move towards the second toe, so that and you sort of develop that callus underneath that big toe joint, and that's where that sort of bunion starts to stick out. So what we want to do is not bring the toes closer together this direction, like towards the midline of the foot. We actually want the big toe to go further away from the midline of the foot because that's what the muscles of the foot, the big toe should be doing. So that way the toes are straighter. The more you pull the toes towards the midline, that's more challenging position that actually contributes to having more bunions. And that's the problem with short, or I should say narrow shoes because the other thing with bunions is yep. a narrow foot, narrow shoe position that sort of crunches, scrunches your foot together. And that's why spreading your foot out at the end of the day, if you are wearing narrow shoes, it's a, it's a really important part of helping the foot overall, bunions and things like that. Especially we women wear a lot of high, uh, flat feet, uh, heels and all that heels. stuff. Yes, it is. Yes, yes. Yep. <laughs> yep. Exactly. So what, what do you mean or what does it mean by an alignment, breathing and control for optimal function? I remember learning this about from your sessions at the conference idea. Yes, it is. So the principle, we have three principles of the integrative movement system approach to posture and movement. And those are what we refer to as the ABCs, A, alignment, B, breathing, C, control. And if you think about your joints, all your joints of your body, there's a, there's a best position to, 
it's the best place, I should say, to position all your joints. And that's where the joints are in their healthiest position. And that's where your body likes to place their joints. So we believe that when you put your body in that best position, then your joints are in a healthier position, your joints feel better, and you're able to move better from that position. Your exercises should help you get into a better position. So sometimes you need to do release work. So like the release work we just described at the foot to position your foot in a better place, but you can also do release work around the hips or other joints of the body to help position them in a good position as well. Like I said, to take pressure off the, the joints where they don't belong and put the pressure on the joint where it does belong so that there's a healthier joint position. Now, the B of the ABCs, breathing. Breathing is really how your body develops mobility or movement and flexibility of the rib cage and spine. Obviously, it also creates oxygenation of our body and it also is how it creates circulation and it's also how it creates stabilization of the body. And you can almost think about breathing like blowing up a stability ball, you know, those big stiff stability balls that we use in the gym. It's almost like that's how our body creates stability of our body, our spine, our hips, our trunk, our shoulders, our head and neck. And that's really what gives us the ability to what we refer to as suspend or to hold our body upright. You can think of suspension like this. If you've ever seen a beautiful dancer or beautiful performer or even a beautiful belly dancer, it's all about suspension and how they're breathing. So it's the breathing that helps set up that optimal alignment and help to control that alignment as well. So we, we have alignment and we have breathing that helps create optimal posture and movement. Now the C of the ABCs is control. And you can think of control as sort of that control panel or the control area of your computer. It's what allows your computer to do what it needs to do. Well, our brain and central nervous system or, or spinal cord is that same sort of control of our body. So the C, the control, is how your brain and nerves tell the muscles what to do to create and to create more optimal and efficient posture and movement patterns. So it's all always happening in our brain and nervous system. And when you teach the brain and nervous system optimal ways of moving, then you have optimal posture and movement habits. However, over the course of our life, we do things, you know, things happen to us and we do things. So things that happen to us is we have injuries. So maybe we sprain our ankle. Maybe we have some hip problem because we landed, we slipped and landed on, on our, our butt at some point because the, the ground was slippery or the floor on the grocery store was slippery. So we have injuries, surgeries, maybe we had surgery or, or other traumas that have occurred to our life that alter how we align, how we breathe. The other thing that alters how we breathe also is stress. Stress is a big response to impacting, or I should say that impacts our breathing. So we have issues around injuries, surgeries, traumas, and sometimes even, like I said, stress and things we do as an exercise. Sometimes we learn exercise and we don't learn it in the right way. So that impacts our alignment or our breathing or our control, how our nervous system controls our posture and movement. So we have all these factors that create these non-optimal and inefficient habits that start to lead to the reasons why we have chronic tightness or discomfort or just can't perform at the levels we need to and or want to. So we believe that when you help individuals through exercise create more optimal alignment, more optimal breathing and more optimal control, we give them back the ability to develop more optimal and efficient habits for posture and movement so the client can feel better, move better, and perform at their greatest level. Yeah, and like we learn about, I don't know from your session, we learn about the 
3D, like the diaphragmic breathing, which was interesting. Yes. So like we had to lay down, do the regular like um, uh, diaphragmic breathing on our back, mm -hmm. and then we twist to the side, another diaphragmic breathing, and then twist it to the other side, and then did another diaphragmic breathing. And I actually yeah. started incorporating that into my own uh, workouts with my clients awesome. and classes. So it's really interesting and it is helpful because you have to get the whole not just like one angle, but the 3D kind of thing. <laughs> Correct. You know, you refer to three-dimensional breathing. And if you think about your rib cage and your spine and your pelvis, we refer to this as a cylinder. So basically your rib cage over top of your pelvis forms a cylinder. Now, when we talk about breathing, you oftentimes hear belly breathing. Mm -hmm. So belly breathing is one part of breathing. It's not the whole entire way we should breathe. It's just one specific area of breathing. What we want to do is breathe into that entire rib cage. So front to back of your rib cage, side to side on the rib cage, as well as top to bottom from your first rib, which is right behind your collarbone, all the way down to your sit bones, the bones you're sitting on. That's the bottom of your cylinder. That's how much we should breathe from that first rib all the way down to our pelvis, front to back, side to side. That's three-dimensional breathing. Yes. And then what are exercises that are best to strengthen our hips and how should we approach strengthening our hips in our, our workout? Sure. As we mentioned earlier on in this interview, the other area you want to pay attention to for your, the health of your knees is, is your hips or are your hips because the hips are essentially what controls a lot of what happens to the lower extremity. So if you think about that old saying, I don't know if you guys say this as well, it's like the hip bone is connected to the, or the hip, the, the hip bone is connected to the thigh bone, connected to the shin bone. So, so it really is a connection, a physical connection and a neurological connection that allows us to place the hip, knee, ankle, and foot in the best position. As we talked about, the, the A of the ABCs, alignment. So the hip is a very important part of what we need to do to keep the knees healthy and to address the knees when the knees have become problematic. So one of the things that you wanna do, and I'm sure you've shared this with your clients, is you wanna foam roll around your hip, release mm -hmm. around the hip, because if the hips get tight, and the reason the hips get so tight is because we sit so much for a living, right? We sit you know, at work, we sit at you know, our jobs, or I should say to and from our jobs, and many times we're not moving around the way we should in a dynamic fashion to keep the hips mobile. So foam roll release or self-myofascial release using a foam roll or using a trigger point ball can be very effective at loosening the hips and getting the hips more mobile. Now from there, once you release the hips, now you have to learn how to move your hips appropriately. So one of the patterns we use most frequently with our clients and patients in our office are hip hinges and I'm sure you've talked about your to your listeners about hip hinges because what they do what that does that pattern does is it allows you to move the pelvis and hips over top the ball of the ball and socket so if you think of the hip joint the hip joint is a ball and socket joint it's a ball sitting in the socket of the pelvis and what you want to do with a hip hinge is create motion of the ball and socket joint to release the muscles and also to use the muscles around the pelvis because that's one of the most important aspects to creating more mobile and more active hips and using the glutes and your hamstrings in a more appropriate fashion. So that really helps to use your glutes and hamstrings to loosen up the glutes and hamstrings and start to use those muscles in the most appropriate fashion. And if your client can do it, we also like to do some small squats with them, but not everybody with knee pain can do squats without creating more any discomfort. So if that doesn't work for the client, then we just don't do squats. However, most of the time, if we create more mobility around the hip joint, 
we get the foot in the right position on the foot tripod, the big toe, small toe heel, we teach them how to hip hinge, then they can squat and move their knees with less knee discomfort. So this is really interesting. And we actually, so yeah, I talk about hip hinging with my clients, of course, and we do hip hinge in a way in, in our prayers as well. It's called rakur. So we obviously stand, uh, first we start standing. And then when, before we go to the prostration part, we kneel down right on our knees. Mm -hmm. So we kind of like hip hinging in a way. Yeah, yeah. And that's why it's important to work on the back, keep it straight, all that. Yep, yep. And it's all connected, yes. Yes, yes, yes. And so with that being said, what does it mean then to focus on your system and not on your exercises? Yeah, so we have a saying in our certification course to focus on your system. And I'll, I'll explain that just a little bit more to focus on your process and not just your exercises. And what that means is in our industry, and you know this in our industry, and even the listeners understand this a little bit from listening to the media. If you watch the news or you get on social media, you watch Facebook or Instagram, and you see exercises on YouTube, you see a lot of exercises. If you have knee pain, do this exercise. Or if you have hip problems, tight hips, do this problem. If you can't touch your toes, do this exercise. Or if you want a better core, do this exercise. And that's what we refer to as focusing on your exercises and not the process. So just imagine you have a client that has, or you're a client, and you have a, a very ambitious goal. You want to get in better shape, or you want to feel better so you can climb a mountain or go hiking or go walking without knee problems or you wanna get down on the floor and play with your children or your grandchildren. That's the outcome, that's the goal. However, in order to accomplish that goal, you need a process. Mm -hmm. And that's what we really focus on in the integrative movement system approach to posture and movement is the process that gets you to that goal, not the exercises. The exercises are a part of the process. So the integrative movement system is a system within that process to help us achieve that end goal, whatever that end goal is, to get in better shape, to play with the grandchildren, to hike a mountain, to run the 5K. We need a specific process. So the specific process becomes we do our assessments to identify what the client really needs, where they're tight, where they're maybe not holding, or where they're a little bit weaker, where they may have some non-optimal habits, you know, those, those habits that developed as we talked about. Because once we identify those non-optimal habits, then we use our corrective exercises to address those habits and create more optimal and efficient habits for posture and movement. And that's where we use those principles, alignment, breathing, and control to set up more optimal and efficient posture and movement habits. And then we use specific exercises. We integrate those concepts into more specific exercises around the patterns that we all need to do to get to those goals. So squatting is a, is a pattern that a lot of our clients need to do. Lunging, pushing, pulling, bending, rotating. And then we need to teach them how to balance, how to walk, and how to perform at more dynamic activities. So it's basically the process from assessment to using corrective exercises to create and develop more optimal habits and to integrate these into those fundamental movement patterns. So the squatting, lunging, bending, rotating, pushing, pulling, gait, balance, and carry patterns that our clients need to do to get them to those goals. So we focus on our process, the entire process, not just the outcome. We keep the outcome, we identify and keep the outcome in mind, but we really focus on the process that will get us that successful outcome. Just like an athlete, an athlete maybe wants to uh, win the Super Bowl or win the baseball championship or win a gold medal in the Olympics. They don't just focus on the gold medal. They focus on the process. What do you need to do? What do I need to do as an athlete to get 
that gold medal? How do I need to prepare myself physically? What exercises do I need to do? How do I need to prepare myself mentally? How, what mental focus do I need to have? What nutritional component do I need to have? The process is what can, is gonna get me the gold medal. I can't just do an exercise and hope it gets me the gold medal. I have to use that process that will get me to that gold medal or the Super Bowl or that baseball championship or the gymnastics you know, tournament, whatever that outcome needs to be. That reminds me of so many things. So just at this moment, I remember like a status on Facebook that said, what is one exercise that can help my posture come straight? Yeah, and yeah. I, so it's kind of funny because I'm also used to sitting like hunching down. As I'm not sure if we're doing video here right now. So yeah. I'm like reminding myself like to sit tall yep, and, yep, yep. and it hurts. So like I'm not used to this as much, but then like you said, with squatting, uh, launching all of it all also goes back to the importance of why we need to keep a, a good alignment for our knees and hips yep. and the feet. So it's all connected and there's yep. not one quick fix. Everyone that's listening right now. <laughs> that, that's exactly right. And, and that's a really great point you bring up is, is there's not one exercise that's going to fix your posture. There's not one exercise that's going to fix your core or fix your, your pain, whatever it is. And that's why in our clinic, when people come in and see us in our clinic, it's always about the process. Is there certain things we need to do to help you with? There's certain things that you need to do as a client, and I'm sure you tell your clients this all the time, there's certain things that you need to do as part of this process that will ultimately get you to this outcome. And don't focus on that one exercise or that one stretch or that one food to eat. It's the process that will ultimately help you get that health and wellness that you're ultimately seeking and help you achieve those goals. Yep. And that also goes back to like the habitual coaching because it also a habit. That's exactly right. Yes. And you know, from your session, I actually wanted to ask, can you share with us how to really make our hamstrings strong? Because I feel like it's not as easy as the quads. Like quads is easier at the mm -hmm. gym. If you have noticed like all the machines are like quads, 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 yeah, yeah. launches is quads more, squatting. Yeah. It's not supposed to be the squat, uh, quads, but a lot of times when we do it wrong, it's the quad that we feel. So what are the exercise and recommendations to make our hamstrings strong? Yeah, so I'm gonna add in not just hamstrings, but it's also the glutes as well. Right, So, yeah. so it's, not just, it's not just thinking, again, about the exercises that will help make the hamstrings and quad, or sorry, glutes stronger. It's about the process that will help make the glutes and hamstrings work more efficiently, right? Yes. So one of the things is going back to what we said earlier is to release around the hip so you get the proper mobility around that, around that ball and socket joint. It's also about aligning that rib cage over top the pelvis, that more optimal and efficient posture that will allow you to use the glutes and hamstrings more effectively. And now the third thing is to really create that hip hinge because it's really the ability to move that body over top the hip joint which ultimately loads that hamstring and glute complex so that way you can use it more effectively. And then making sure that when you're doing your squats, your lunges, your, maybe even your leg press machine in, in the gym, or you're doing your step-ups, that you're using that hip hinge position or that pattern that was created to create that ability to use the glutes and hamstrings and also still maintain alignment of the hip the knee, the ankle and foot tripod, so that way you're using the glutes, hamstrings, and the entire lower extremity in the right position or in the right manner, so that way you can get the glutes and hamstring to actually strengthen and be used the way they're supposed to be used. You know, it's interesting, as you said, the hip hinge, it's also important to keep our back straight, and I've noticed, just like today I saw on Instagram, from another person trainer, it's so sad, but anyways, 
was doing like was lifting the big tire at the gym from one end to one end and obviously when you lift a big tire you gotta like squat and hip hinge to pick it up yep. but the back was not straight so like what is the point of you saying good job if the back is not straight correct 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 and that leads me to the next question which is with all that being said how can we distinguish what is right and what is wrong with the latest social media fitness influencers we see all around us and i guess now that i said the other fitness professionals that also <laughs> i mean i'm not perfect like i'm not i'm working no, on it no, no, no. <laughs> but you get it <laughs> yeah no i get it 100 percent and and, yeah. and, that, and that's the challenge right because it's easy to go on social media and, and follow the influencers. And influencers are people that have like, you know, the five, the 10, the 25,000 or more followers. And those are what we refer to as the influencers on social media. It's easy to follow those individuals and say, they must know what's going on and how to do things right because they have a lot of followers. And it's very challenging to find the people that you need to and want to follow versus the people you don't and shouldn't be following as much for their, for the exercise information, <laughs> including, including you, you know, including us as fitness professionals, right? Health and fitness professionals. Yes, we also need to continue so, on Yeah. It's very challenging. So the couple of things I would think about as you're starting to follow people is, because the one thing that I just saw this morning, and you see some of the same things, is you see physical therapists and chiropractors and, and now, you know, medical professionals coming out and saying, fitness professionals coming out and saying that posture doesn't matter. You don't need to pay attention to posture, you know, so, that, so it's very confusing out there right now. So I can see where people can, can follow social media and, and get very confused and, and, and frustrated and not know where to turn. So therefore, they just default to the most popular person on social media or the loudest person or the person that has the nicest body. So the first thing I would, I would say is start to look at the background of the individual that you're following. Are, do they have some kind of licensure with what their with with their background? Are they a certified fitness professional? Are they a licensed healthcare pro provider like a chiropractor, physical therapist, or medical doctor? The other thing you want to look at is is what they're saying. Does it make sense? Okay. Now, if you look at a lot of the influencers on social media, and especially the people that are saying posture doesn't matter, a lot of them are young people. They're the young physical therapists, the young chiropractors. And what, what I'd say to them is, when I was young, when I was, you know, I just turned 50 this year, so I'm not so young as I used to be. When I was in my 20s, I could do anything I wanted to do. I could lift any way I wanted to lift. I could do as, as dynamic activities as I wanted to. If I ever felt pain, I just worked through it, and sooner or later, the pain went away, okay? So that's the beauty of being young, because you can do things and get away with them that you can't do when you're 50 years of age, 60 years of age. And what happened, though, is when I hit my 30s, I started to, I was very strong when I was a younger guy. When I hit my 30s, all of a sudden, I couldn't like lift my arms overhead and my arm would shake and I, I was very weak. And what I learned was I had torn the labrums and rotator cuffs of both shoulders. So I have tears in both shoulders and I lost the ability to this, to this day to really lift heavy overhead because my labrum and my rotator cuff is torn. Now I've had to be very strategic about my exercises. And when I look at the social media influencers and I see what they're doing. I'm like, yeah, that was me one point in my life. I was doing all that dynamic and crazy stuff and I was working through pain and I was making my, I was, I was mind over matter and I was young enough and healthy enough where I could get through that until that point where I couldn't do it anymore. And that's what I see with so many of my clients and patients that come in to see us at our office is they can't do the things like they used to. So again, when you're looking at the people that you're following, 
are they older people, depending on whatever your age is, are they of your age group and are they doing sensible things that make sense to you as an individual? And as I look out at the social media and started watching a lot of these influencers, it's great what they're doing. It's exciting, it's sexy, it's fascinating, it's, it's interesting, it's, it's, there's, there's a lot of excitement around it. But what I look at is like, it's not sustainable. You can't do what they're doing for a long period of your life. Just like I couldn't do the dynamic things I used to do and lift heavy because I, didn't, I wasn't paying attention to my alignment, to my breathing, to my control. I was just lifting and lifting heavy and hard because that's what I was taught to do. And now in hindsight, I wish I knew what I knew now back then. You know, kind of like they say hindsight is 20-20. I wish I knew because I could have avoided all my injuries had I known the information I have now back then. And what I'd say to these young people, just be careful. It doesn't mean don't train hard. It doesn't mean don't challenge your body, but just be careful and smart about, mindful about how you're exercising because you're young now. You're not going to be young forever and your body will not be as forgiving as you hit your 40s, your 50s, your 60s. It doesn't mean you can't challenge yourself. It doesn't mean you can't keep growing, developing and getting stronger and faster and more dynamic and fitter as a person. But just be careful with your exercises. Be mindful about your exercises and be careful who you follow as well. So those would be my advices for social media. Like I said, it is very challenging because of the, the, the nature of how social media is set up these days. Yeah, so true. And even I need to remind myself, I'm, I just love like that dyna- plyometric stuff and that high intensity and it's, yeah, sure. it's my beast right now. So, yeah, but yeah. not like, not CrossFit, not like a Spartan races, but so I love, you know, try hard, these kind of stuff, but it's really easy to get carried away and lose mm-hmm, the form mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. keep the back hunched forward or like not straight. So again, just a reminder, everyone, like make sure to really focus on the quality versus yes. the quantity of your workout. Exactly. Love that. Exactly. hundred percent agree. Awesome. And is there anything I, that I should have asked, but I didn't? I don't know. You've covered a lot. So you've asked, <laughs> yeah, you've asked a lot and I think we've covered a lot of topics. So, so I think, I think that's really good. Uh, and probably the last thing is how do you find a qualified health and fitness professional to work with? And you know, obviously you're someone who's very passionate about this and, and I've been following your social media posts and you've put out some really great information and, and very thoughtful information. So you want to follow people like Coach Ola because she's smart, she's thoughtful, she goes out and she learns, she gets educated and she passes on very reasonable advice and information that will help you be, help you develop health and longevity and longevity really being the key nature of it. And I love this quote by somebody that came through one of our certification courses. She said, she, she asked this question to her clients. Do you want to train hard or do you want to train long? Meaning like, do you want to train for the rest of your life? And the answer is you want to train for the rest of your life. So even though, yeah, you want to train hard and do some sexy, exciting, you know, interesting exercises, you want to train for the long duration, the long race for the rest of your life. You want to have your joints, your body really, help you for the rest of your life. So just be smart about your training, be mindful and work with a qualified coach like Coach Ola. Thank you. And Dr. Ozar, so where can we stay in contact with you and learn more about your workshops and programs? Sure. We have a, my wife and I created the Institute for Integrative Health and Fitness Education, which is www.iihfe.com. So you can, you can learn more about our programs, our certifications on that website. We have tons of free resources on our YouTube channel, which is Fitness Education Seminars. So Fitness Education Seminars on Facebook, as well as YouTube. We have tons of free videos, 
Some of them are very old, so we have probably over 200 videos on that website. So some of them are very old, so they're a little grainy and you know the sound isn't so great. Most of the newer videos are of better quality, so there's a lot of practical advice. The things that we've talked about in this interview here, a lot of those concepts are on our website. I also wrote a book called The SOAS Solution. You can get that on Amazon. It's written for the practitioner, so that if you're a fitness professional, if you're a healthcare professional, physical therapist, chiropractor, or medical doctor, it's written more for that. However, there's lots of free videos that come along. Like once you register your book, there's lots of free videos that come along with this book that demonstrate the exercises that are in the book, how to do three-dimensional breathing, how to do squats, hip hinges, how to align your hip, knee, ankle, and foot complex. So even if you're not a you don't have a, you know, the qualifications of a healthcare professional or fitness professional, you can still get a lot of great information from this book as well as the SOAS solution at Amazon. So we have tons of free resources again and other resources on our website, iihfa.com, as well as fitness education seminars, Facebook, as well as YouTube. And we're also on Instagram at iihfe. So you can find us there as well. Awesome. And we'll be in the show notes, everyone. So make sure to check it out and make sure to tag us on Instagram if you find something helpful here at IIHFE on Instagram and be fit for Akhira. And thank you so much for your time and have a great day. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you for tuning in. If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe today and leave a five-star review. You can also screenshot and share this episode with a family or a friend. Be strong, be fit, be fit for Akhirah.